you got to dress for success. Amen. I want to talk to you today and finish up what I started last week. I want to talk about strongholds today. All right, strongholds. I only got halfway through this last week. So I promise I'm going to go fast through the front of it. I want you to see if you weren't here, kind of what we talked about. A stronghold is defined as this. Number one, it's a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. That's what a stronghold is or a fort. Okay? It's a place that has been fortified to protect. The next thing is a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended or upheld. Okay? We talked last week that uh, strongholds are designed to be a safe place. We talked last week that the battlefield for your soul and my soul and its eternal destiny is in between our ears. The battlefield is in our mind. Okay? When the devil fights you, he's going to start in your mind. If you can get your mind straight, you can have a life that's straight. If you can get, and we can get our minds fixed, if you think negative thoughts, you're going to have a negative life. If you think positive thoughts, you're going to have a positive life. You believe in me? If you think good thoughts, you're going to have a good life. If you think bad thoughts, you're going to have a bad life. If you think everybody's after you all the time, everybody's going to be after you all the time in your mind. I've got the privilege in my life to, to, to deal with and hang around uh, a lot of addicts and a lot of felons and a lot of misdemeanors. Misdemeanors and felons, right? Now, one thing I've noticed about felons is whenever they hear a siren or see a policeman, they get that disease that Elvis sang about, rubbernecking. You ever seen it? Where their head spins clear around on their neck? Looking, where's he at? Why? Because they've had experiences with the police. Experiences with the copper, as they call them in Britain, London. They call them the copper. Experiences with the popo. And so they always want to know who, what, when, and where. Why? Because there's a stronghold in their mind. Okay? Strongholds get in our minds. As believers, we need to make the Lord our stronghold. We have to replace the thoughts that are in our minds and make the Lord our safe place. Psalm 27, 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear or dread? The Lord is the refuge and stronghold of my life. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? All right, throughout the Old Testament, God speaks through the prophets about how he will destroy enemy strongholds. He says this in the book of Amos, Amos chapter 1, verses 7, verses 10, and verse 12. He said, but I will send a fire on the wall of Gaza. Verse 10, I will send a fire on the wall of Tyrus. Verse 12, I will send a fire upon Teman. The Lord's answer to all this is fire. The Bible says that the Lord, don't you know that the Lord God is a consuming fire? When we get God in our lives, that fire wants to begin to burn down strongholds in us. But it's up to us to allow the fire to burn the strongholds down. Because we all have freedom of choice. Hosea chapter 8 
Verse 14, For Israel hath forgotten his maker, and buildeth temples. Judah hath multiplied fenced cities, but I will send a fire upon his cities, and shall devour its palaces thereof. The Lord says, I'm going to send fire. John the Baptist said, He that comes after me, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The fire of the Holy Ghost. God has put in us a power to cleanse up our minds. Okay. Thank you. The word strongholds is used metaphorically. How do you like that? Metaphorically. Only one time in the New Testament. Completely. One time. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. You know what? If you're having trouble in your life, it's probably not because of a person. Now, there may be a person in your life that the trouble is showing up in, but there's a deep-seated source and root to cause that problem. All right? There's a, there's a, there's a reason that this situation is here. There's a reason that situation is there. For the weapons of our warfare are not flesh and but have divine power to destroy strongholds. The Word of God, our warfare, will destroy strongholds. It will destroy arguments against lofty opinions that put itself against the knowledge of God. You see, these lofty opinions will put itself against the knowledge of God. Uh, last week I mentioned some strongholds. For instance, if you grew up in your home, you had a father maybe who wasn't there all the time, or a father who you can never make happy or never please, then you've probably found in your Christian walk and journey that there is problems between you and you always feel like you're always letting the Lord down. You're like you're letting your heavenly father down. Okay? Or if you grew up in a situation where there was abuse and the abuse came from a father or from an authoritative figure in your life, now you're afraid of that same abuse coming from your heavenly father. So we live in fear. We have all these. These are called strongholds, brothers and sisters. These are patterns of thinking that we get in our minds. But the Lord put his spirit in us to allow us to put, have the power to bring these strongholds down and to bring every thought captive to obey Christ. After I preached this last week, I had several people say, I need to talk to you. Can I talk to you? You know why? Because this word was starting to hit some people and starting to bring back some things. And we have to go back at times and deal with some stuff. And that's not popular. It's very painful. Listen, I'm a pastor, okay? I'm just a pastor. I didn't grow up in a big city. I grew up on a dairy farm. All right, I have a little bit of education, but it's in theology. It's not in counseling or, or psychiatry or psychology. It's not in that. But I do know this. So when people come into church and they're dealing, they're carrying all of this baggage. They're carrying all these weights. What are you talking about? Go to Hebrews chapter number uh, 12, verses 1 and 2, and let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. You see, we walk in here, we get the Holy Ghost, we get baptized, but we're still carrying weights with us. All right? One of my most favorite experiences in life is to come home from the grocery store. 
because you've got to carry all that mess in. To make it a double favorite, I love to do it when it's raining outside. And I'm not talking about a drizzle. I'm talking about where it's really raining hard. You know? My most favorite thing, look, Walmart has half of half the blessing already for us. You can go, call it in and go pick it up. They drop it in your car. Come on. In the pandemic, how many of you have used Walmart? Yes, it's wonderful. Right, yeah, beautiful. The, now, if somebody can figure out, why can't they send that guy home with you? And let them unload your car and put it in your cabinets and say, I'll, bring, I'll take you right back. We're working on it. Praise the Lord. It's happening. God's moving. God is moving. Their delivery service. I'm talking about in my cabinets, Frank. I'm talking about in the cabinets. You know, we all we all have to do that. What are you talking about? So then you try to put you try to carry everything at one time. And you can't carry it all because you're losing something. What's that called? That's called weights. And so you have to get rid of the weights in your life, your spiritual walk with the Lord. You've got to get rid of the weights in your life. Because if you don't get rid of the weight in your life, those weights are going to slow you down, trip you up. Always having your hands full of your weights, the Lord can't put any of His blessings in your life because you don't have anywhere to hold them. We don't have anywhere to carry the blessings of the Lord. You see, some of you are so full of your past, your hands and arms are so full of your past that you have no room for your future. Oh, that's good. You're dismissed. Go eat lunch. Let's just go out on a good note, right? Why preach another 30 minutes and just torpedo what you just said? <laughs> we are... So, bless you. We are... I got you. Got you. That's Oakley's dad, by the way. We are so consumed with our past that we can't even think about our future. We are so past with he said, she, she said... I got to be careful now. You know what I'm saying? You, you're so worried about what somebody thought about you 38 years ago. Guess what? 38 years later, it don't matter no more. You can't go back and fix it. It's done. But the devil wants to preoccupy our minds with strongholds. I may not get this, I may not get it done today. Okay then. Thank you. The devil preoccupies our thinking processes with strongholds that wants to keep us living in our past. You cannot live in your past, brothers and sisters. Your past is the past is the past. It's the past. It ain't coming back. You're done. Trust me. You ain't ever going to look like you did in your graduation picture. Again. It don't matter. What's good about it now is you're a lot bigger than you were. There's more to love. I mean, when Amy married me, I, I look at pictures and I'm like, look how skinny I am. Why would she want him? She wants some hunk of hunk of burning love, man. You got, hey, she just said, you got it. That's right. You know what I'm saying? You can't go back there. All you can do is think about that. 
But the devil preoccupies our thinking with the past, people, places, and things. I preached a message years ago over in the old building. I, I, I put it on the radio. I think it's on the podcast. Maybe it's on the podcast. I don't know. People, places, and things. You know? You can't go back and to those people. Some of them you can. That ain't going to work anymore. You can't go back to those places anymore. And those things just tie you up. you got to learn. Listen, we have to learn to let go. You've got to learn to let go until you die to it. Somebody said, well, how do I die to it? How do I know I'm dead to it? You know you're dead to it when it doesn't bother you anymore. There's another good one. We can leave now. Three minutes later, another atomic warhead just went off. How do I know I'm dead to it, Pastor, when it don't bother you no more? It is tough. But that's when the Word says, by, but what, do what? By the renewing of your mind. You've got to renew your mind every day. Now, you know, I am definitely not a Facebooker, okay? I'm definitely not a Facebooker. In fact, I really dislike Facebook strongly, okay? But I also know that if we want to have an Easter deal at the park, you just put it on Facebook and 400 people show up. We used to have to spend $300 to the newspaper and everywhere else and print stuff and mail it all out to everybody in the world. No, you just put it on Facebook. They just show up. It's like, how in the world do they show up? Then now, you know, you got all kinds of movie stars. You got TikTok movie stars and you got Facebook story movies. How do people have time to do all that? I don't know how they have time to do all that. Anyway, anyway where was I at? Oh, hating, I mean, disliking Facebook. All right? But I'm telling you, you, I, my hat is off when I see you guys doing your devotions, reading your word. Studying the Word, taking your quiet time. Your quiet time early in the morning if you're a morning person. I know I got I got some good advice for Carlita. She's always tired. She's always tired. And she got a picture of herself there at 5.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning. I said, well, she said, I'm so, I said, my God, Carlita, I'm just talking to the phone. I said, just stay in bed a little longer. Don't You won't be tired. Just sleep in a little bit. But she can. She's a mom. She's working out. Somebody probably look at me and say, maybe I ought to get up a little earlier. Hallelujah. That's all right. You know what I'm saying? Or if you're if you're a night guy, my my time is nighttime. My meditation night time is nighttime. Now they try to convert me in college to make me a morning person. I could oh Lord. No, I'd rather I'd rather pray at night. I'd rather get in the church, in the prayer room at college and pray at nighttime. And I'd be in there for an hour or two. Sometimes I fall asleep. I remember one time I was in there praying, and I fell asleep. And and we had these wooden, solid wood little benches that you could sit on. But we, I'd lay on the floor and prop my legs up over and kind of let the, my blood run, you know, to, to my back and kind of, you know. And I guess I fell asleep because the next thing I know, Brother Johnny's been in Texas. He knows I felt a big old cockroach running right across my face. Hallelujah. I woke up speaking in tongues so fast. I decided it was time to go to bed after that. If you're going to lay here and let roaches run over your face, you might as well just go to your bed. Amen. 
What am I talking about? I'm talking about renewing your mind. When you renew your mind and you put the word in your mind every day, I'm telling you, this is like a daily dose. You got it's your medicine. You got to take your medicine. Brother Nathan's a nurse, and if you know when they come by, they give you medicine. And if you don't take your medicine, you're not going to get any better. Years ago, Macy, we we gave her some supplements. Try to help her calm down and focus. Natural stuff. We never could figure out why it really didn't help her. Till one day I took the, the van to the car wash to vacuum it out. Every pill that we gave her was either stuffed in between the seat cushions or up under the driver's seat. I bet I had two bottles. 60-day supply. But if, if you want to get better, you've got to take your medicine. If you want to get better, you're going to, if you want to tear down strongholds and wrong thinking in your life, you're going to have to put the Word in there. And the Word is like a, the word is like a surgical scalpel. The Word is sharper than any two-edged sword. The Word is quick. It's alive. It pierces and divides. It'll show you what you should do, and it'll tell you what you shouldn't do. Now let me tie up a loose end. You say, how in the world do you do that? I don't know. I'm tying up a loose end. So as a pastor, you come to me. There's things that I can't help you with. I'm going to refer you on to a specialist. Right? When you get sick and you need a specialist, you don't want to stay there at the general doctor. He don't know what he's doing. Just go to Barnes. Give him Ginger's name. She got frequent visitor miles there. You go to a specialist. And let me tell you something. I have sent people to counselors. And after a while, I say, how's it going? Because I don't know what they talk about. The counselor doesn't tell them. It's all confidential. That's I don't care. That's fine. That's the way I want it. I, I know enough junk. I don't need to know your junk, plus your junk junk, you know? There are some people who like junk. There are some people who like junk junk. There are some people who are just junkies. They want everybody's junk. Everybody wants to know your junk. You know what? You made your junk. You lived your junk. Keep your junk to yourself, you and your counselor. And they say, I'm not going anymore. I said, why in the world aren't you going anymore? This is what they say. I mean, it says multiple times. It's too painful. I said, what? It's too painful. Because in order to fix some thinking and tear down strongholds, you have to go back to when that stronghold started. Is this helping anybody today? you got to go back to when that stronghold started and start pulling it down. And sometimes you can't get it all pulled down. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be a process. You know what? But I'm telling you, if you don't get that, if you don't get that stronghold out of your mind, you're going to have what I call tortured thinking all of your life. I deal with people all the time who have tortured thinking. You're always talking about your past. You're always talking about who did you wrong. You're always talking about who stole this and who stole that. You know, I was working with somebody one day, and they said, you better put that away. Somebody's going to steal I said, my Lord, if they want to steal that, we'll, we'll buy a new one, and it'll be a lot better than that old junker we got. They want you to tie down your lunch. They want you to tie down your car keys. They want you to tie down everything. 
Even your hostess ho-hos, they want you to tie it all down. Why? Because it's tortured thinking. Guess what? As long as they live in their past, their thinking is going to be tortured. But Jesus came in Luke chapter 4, verse 19. He said He came to set at liberty them that are bruised. He came to preach deliverance to the captives, brothers and sisters. God wants you to walk free in your mind. God wants you to walk free in your emotions. God wants you to walk free through all the trash the devil's dumped into your life. Let me give you an illustration like this. I am not going to. They're going to have part three. But I'm on a, I'll tell you what, I'm on a wave on the North Shore right now. I'm on a wave on the North Shore. You know where the North Shore is, Brother Dan? Oh, I do, brother. Uh, you want to go back? You going to take Carlita with you? Thank you. Thank you. Will you wait for me to get out of the airport so we can all go eat together? I said, Megan, where are you at? She said, we're in Kaneohe. I said, you are not in Kaneohe, which is the opposite side of where we should have been. I'm sitting at the pizza place. Megan, where are you at? We're in Kaneohe. No, you're not. She said, oh, Dad, we're here. The GPS took us here. I said, here. Wow. It's all right. I'm on a wave on the North Shore right now. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, God wants to set us free. God wants to set us free from our mess. And listen, if I cannot help you as a pastor, I will get you professional help to help you. Some of you are dealing with strongholds from abuse. Some of you are dealing with strongholds from rejection. Some of you are dealing with strongholds from abandonment. You had your trust broken, and you don't trust anybody anymore. So listen, when you get your trust broken, it's hard for you to trust Jesus. It's awful quiet now. I said, when you have your trust broken naturally by your natural parents or your natural father or a friend or somebody that you look up to, when you have that trust broken by them, then when it's when you got to trust Jesus, it's hard to do. And a stronghold is what you call self-reliance. You try to self-preserve yourself. You try to bring every, all the powers in that you need so you can trust God. One of the biggest arguments you and I have had in two years is your trust for God. Trust in God. You thought she was doing it right. Not good. I tell you what, her head's hard. My dad told me one time, he said, your head is as hard as that macadam out there. I said, what is macadam? He said, blacktop. Their head's hard as that road. I said, really? Well, I think Ginger won the prize because I think her head's harder than mine. And we were arguing one day, and finally I said, whatever, whatever. I just said, Jesus, you're just going to have to show her. You're just going to have to do this. And now he's showing her. And she's like, wow, I I never realized I could live like this. It's free. God's building trust in you because you sat right here on the pew, I think it was, and Prophet Tom says, you thought you came here for ministry, but God brought you here for healing. He brought you here for spiritual healing, emotional healing, physical healing. And I'm going, oh, my, wow, hallelujah. What are you saying? I'm saying, guess what? God wants to make us perfect in his sight. When I say perfect, I'm not talking about, you know, perfect. I'm talking about what the world thinks is perfect. You know, I'm the perfect build. I'm the perfect build for an all-you-can-eat buffet. 
I am ready for Golden Corral in Effingham. I'm just telling you right now. I'm just up on it right now. Amy doesn't like it, but I can sneak over there for lunch. Amen. I am not built for a marathon, Brandon. I'm not built for a double marathon. I saw what it did to him. He came into church walking like this, walking like he was 80, 100 years old. I said, my God, Brandon, what happened to you? He said, I ran a marathon yesterday. I said, that's exactly why I don't run marathons. I don't want to come to church looking like that and walking like that. That's painful. You come into you come into the buffet and eat the buffet, you walk out like this. You're walking out free and whole. Hallelujah. You're walking out you you're upright. You're upright and I'll tell you you're uptight because you can't eat nothing else. You pray and ask God to forgive you for gluttony and everything. It, yeah. God wants you to walk in perfection with him. The word perfect in the New Testament means complete. God wants you to become complete in Him. But you see, strongholds tell you that you have to protect yourself. Strongholds tell you that you have to become self-reliant on you. That you know how to think. That you know how to respond. That you know how to do it. And guess what? God says that your righteousness, your self-righteousness, is as filthy rags in my nostrils. He said you cannot depend on yourself. You're going to have to learn how to trust fall on Jesus, brothers and sisters. We are going to have to learn how to say, Jesus, take the wheel before I squeal. Hallelujah. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. That's all right now. We got to bring every thought obedient to Christ. Every thought. Not just the thoughts you choose. Everybody say all. Say it with some authority. All. All thoughts. Every thought. Alex came into my office this morning and I guess he never even spent any time in there since the remodel. I call it the remodel. Actually, I just cleaned the place up. All right, but it was it was it was a remodel for me. I mean, it would I would have lost nothing probably if we'd have just walked in with a flamethrower. But he said, "Oh, this is nice," and he was talking about during this last year of you know pandemic and everything that he said the Lord's been dropping faith bombs on me. I don't know if anybody else is experiencing that or not. I said, but I, I, t- I said I can relate because this office is a faith bomb to me. The Lord, he, I said, I was sitting in there in like March or early April. You know, everything is shut down. The daycare shut down. The church is shut down. Everything shut down, but the casinos and the abortion. Cl- I didn't say that, did I? The abortion clinics. Yeah, I didn't say that. It's all shut down. I said, and I got it about 40 degrees in here. Because what, what's used to heat the place up? Waste money. I said, I got an electric space heater under my feet, blowing hot air up. Brother Larry was in that office with me. He sat in that, he sat in that bird's nest for a while. He endured to the end. He, we, we visited for about three hours one day. I guess he survived. He needed a hip replacement after, but after, you know. But I said, Alex, the Lord was, was telling me, he said, I gave you this office. 
and look at it. I don't know, have you ever, anybody ever tried to argue with the Lord? I didn't that time. I did not say a word back. I just let him keep talking. I learned after, after my mom slapped me across the face multiple times, I learned finally just shut up. Because whether you are right or wrong, she is going to slap you last. She's right. That hand coming across that face, I'm, I'm telling you, if she was alive today, they'd be going to get her right now, arrest her. But you could be sitting in the back of the car, and I'm telling you, that back hand come across that back seat. You thought you had the last word, and I'm telling you, she came across there. She was about 5'2", skinny little thing, but I'm telling you what. So I didn't say a word. So the Lord said, look at this place. I didn't say a word either. Finally, he said, you know what? Would you, would, would you be... Would you want to invite any so-and-so or anybody in here to sit down in this office? Guess what? I didn't say anything that time either. By the time it was done, he said, you need to get rid of this junk. You need to clean this place up. You need to paint these walls. And about that time, about that time, Brandon texts me and he says, Hey, Pastor, Lauren and I have this big desk in our bedroom. And we're, we're downsizing. We don't need all this room. And if you want it, we, we'd like to give it to you. The Lord says, see, you're not, you're not even going to have to buy a desk. You just buy a couple gallons of paint. I said, holy smokes. Holy smokes, Lord. The incense on the altar. And so here we are. I was like, this is pretty, pretty nice. Why? Because the Lord's dropping faith bombs on my thinking. And the Lord wants to drop faith bombs on our thinking today. You know what? Let me tell you this. You might be walking with the Lord for a year or five years or ten years, but guess what? You might be walking in a little bit different way than the Lord is pleased with you walking. We might be walking in a way where the Lord is not happy with how we are thinking because we did, we get these strongholds and then we begin to depend on ourselves and we, we get these arguments. You see that right there? You see that word arguments? We get arguments and we get lofty opinions that come against the knowledge of God. We think we can do it ourselves. Let me let me give you some wisdom here. We cannot do it ourselves. I can't do it myself. You can't do it yourself. We have to have the Lord work in our lives. Amen. But you see a lot of people out there and a lot of people struggling in the kingdom want to try to find something else other than the Lord to depend on. We want to depend on addictions. We want to depend on marijuana. We want to depend on drugs, alcohol, cocaine, heroin. We want to depend on sex and immorality. We want to depend on money. We want to depend on education. We want to depend on all sorts of things rather than God. Amen. We want to do everything else other than God. We want, then we turn around, we wonder why we're crazy and why are we nuts and why isn't this working and why isn't good things happening for me? It's because you're not following what the word says. We're going to have to become word people. Word people. Word people. I bet I could write a song like that. Word people, God. 
everybody. Word people, God. All the power, word people. You don't like that tune? You don't like that song either, do you? Uh-uh. Remember that old song back in the 70s? I'm going to tell you, before the council culture is over, they're going to completely wipe out the 70s. All right. Because you got that one old boy that sang short people. Remember that song? I had to play that for the daycare people one time. They never heard short people. I said, you ain't never heard about short the song short people? I said, let me show you. And I said, in the next year, here comes a streak. Amen. I mean, this. You, you folks that did not grow up in the 70s, you don't know what you missed. You don't know what you missed. But you know what? We've got to get the word in us. Amen. You got to get the word in you, Edison. You got to get the word in you. You got to come into the obedience of Christ. We got to become word people. He purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse, the doom. Now look at this. Christ purchased our freedom. Okay? From the curse, from the doom of the law. And it's condemnation by himself becoming a curse for us. Now this is the last point I'm bringing in today. All right? I, have, I know this is hard for anybody to believe, but I have people argue with me. Besides Ginger. I got other people besides Ginger. Ginger's continually arguing with me. I, when she moved here, I didn't realize the Lord was going to just create so much goodness in my life. So, Jesus purchased our freedom. And I have people argue with me and says... If he purchased that and he became a curse for us, then we don't have any curses to deal with. His blood purchased our salvation. So if that's the case, why aren't all of us saved? Why isn't everybody saved? You see, it's a choice. You chose to come here today. You chose to get baptized. You chose to receive the Spirit of God into your life. You wanted it, right? You saw it after. You wanted it. You chose. You chose. It's a choice. But you see, he purchased my freedom and redeemed us from the curse. He purchased it through what we call redemption. In the New Testament, the idea of redemption has more of a suggestion of a ransom. He paid my ransom from the curse of the law. He paid my ransom from the curse of the law, amen, to break me free from the old law of of Moses. So let's go back here once. Redeeming us from the curse of the law. It says nothing about strongholds in my thinking. It says nothing about things that have happened in my life. Now, I don't know about you. Wednesday night, Wednesday night, last Wednesday night here was a unique service. Okay? There was, we had about maybe 15 or 20 here. We had people sick. We had musicians out. We had no music. So we watched a couple music videos on Jesus TV. Amen? Amen? We watched uh, Never Lost. That was powerful. And then we did a little rattle. 
Rattle, rattle. I could have wrote that song if I'd have just thought sooner. Rattle, rattle. And then we watched a video on the courts of heaven. And I'm telling you, we prayed at the end of service, and we took things to the courts. And it was powerful. I mean, it was a powerful move of the Spirit in here. You see, because even though we are freed from the curse of the law, we are not freed from the strongholds that have been erected in our lives. Because I have to deal with that every day. You and I have to deal with that thinking every day. I'm walking saved, but I have to deal with that. So through redemption, through Jesus paying the ransom, I am able to do that. Because men are held under the curse of the law, Galatians 3.13, we've already read that, or of sin itself, but there is no other law, Romans 7.23, at work within me that is at war with my mind. This law wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Now, this was written to the Romans. Who wrote the book of Romans? Paul. Paul is saying here, there is still a law of sin within me. All right. So after church, I could go to the Redwood. And I could get drunker than Cooter Brown. Whoever Cooter Brown is, drunker than him. You know that? I mean, they're probably going to card me. Just to make me feel good. Sir, we're going to have to see your identification. Are you telling me that I don't look like I'm 21? Are you telling me I look like I'm 16? They're going to card me. And then I'm going to get that 48 flat. I'm going to get a flat 48. 224 stacked on each other. That's what my dad used to drink. And I'm going to get drunk and drunk and drunk and drunk and drunk. You know why? Because I can. Because that temptation is still in my flesh. So I have a choice. Paul said... He said, there is another law that works within me that is at war in my mind. I've had people, I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, I just want to let you know I'm very sorry. I, I didn't mean to, but I did. I said, what are you talking about? Well, before church, I got nervous, and I smoked a joint before I got to church just to take off the edge. I said, well, that's all right. I said, Some, sometimes we're a little edgy here, so I understand that. That's all right. Yeah, it's true. It happens. I'm not telling you anything that I haven't heard yet. Oh, pastor, I did this or I did that. Why? Because there's a war of another law in my mind, and that law wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. What's Paul talking about here? Paul is talking to, to a church. He is talking to a group of believers in Rome who have already been filled with the Spirit and already been baptized. He's talking to Christians. But he says, guess what? Even though you're a Christian, there's still a law in you that if you don't keep your Christianity on fire, if you don't keep the Spirit of God burning in your life, you are going to fall to this law. Yes or no? Amen? Yep. Yep. Any of you could go out here today and go load your pistol, go out and shoot up somebody. It could happen. 
Why? Because there's a law in me. That if I don't get that law under the blood of Jesus that he shed on the cross, that law will pop up if I'm not careful. So I have to do that. Why? Through the renewing of my mind. You see what Paul's saying here? So he said, so somebody says to me, well, Jesus took the curse, so there is no more curses. Are you kidding me? Then why is he even saying this? Why is he even saying this? Amen. The Redeemer purchases their deliverance by offering himself as a payment for their redemption. Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. We have redemption through the blood of Jesus. We have redemption through his blood. 1 Peter 1.18 says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from the vain conversation or lifestyle received by the tradition of your fathers. Verse 19, but by the precious blood. Everybody say the precious blood. The precious blood. For his blood was not just blood of another spotless lamb, but his blood was precious blood. For it washed the sins of man and his blood. It heals my body and it sets my spirit free. Yeah. His precious blood. His precious blood. But listen. But listen. The power is in the blood, but it's my choice to let it work. It's my choice to address it. Let me tell you this. Uh, this is going to be a bad statement. We probably ought to shut off the Internet because I tell you, well, we leave it on because nobody believe I said it. That's why you get a bunch of Holy Ghost filled people walking around that act like devils. Have you seen, quote, Christian Holy Ghost filled people act like devils? None of you ever have, have you? And if you say, you look at them and you say, if they got what, I don't want whatever they got, I don't want it. You know why it is? Because they have never addressed the strongholds. And that law that worked in Paul, they've let it go out of control. Because you've got to keep that law under the blood all the time. You've got to keep that law, law under subjection all the time. Well, how do I do that, Pastor? When you want to, you don't. Nancy Reagan had it right. Just say no. Right? Just say no. When you're so angry and you just want to cuss somebody out, just say no. I'm not doing it. When you're so angry and you just want to punch somebody, don't do it. Here you go. Here you go. When you're on the when you're on the hot seat and somebody says, Did you or did you? Don't lie. Tell the truth. Don't lie. Just don't do it. How about this? When you wanna walk out, walk out of church, walk out on God, walk out of a marriage. Walk out of a situation. Just don't do it. That's how you overcome it. This is another thing Alex told me this morning in the office. You don't realize how much insight you gave me, Alex, there in that 10-minute conversation. The next thing was this. The more you 
don't do it, the stronger you become. The more you say no, the stronger you get. The more that you want to cuss them out and you don't, the stronger you get. So when that temptation comes again, you say, I whipped it one time, I'll whip it again. I whipped it 17 times before, I'll whip this again. Until eventually, the devil will not tempt you in that area any longer because it's no use. Anybody picking up what I'm laying down right now? I'm telling you, this is good stuff. This is stuff that will keep you saved. This is stuff that will keep you on the right track. But you're going to have to get your mind made up. You're going to have to get your mind made up that you're going to do it. Because even though he died on the cross, does not guarantee and does not automatically make you victorious over all the stuff. Because why would Paul say that to the Romans who were already in church? How about this one? Why would Paul tell the uh, Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 10, the weapons of our warfare, yeah, to the pulling down of strongholds? If they didn't have any strongholds, why would Paul mention it? Hello? Hello, Linda? Hello? Why would he mention it? we got to fight our strongholds. We all have problems. Look at your neighbor and say, you know what? I've got problems. Look at him. Tell him. i got problems, Brad. i got problems, Brenda. Now look back at him and say, so do you. So do you. <laughs> that way it gets a little relief. You see what I'm saying? We all have problems. Let's stand. I'm done. That's all you can take today. I tell you, I have chewed up all this food and spit it in your mouths like baby birds. Yeah. I'm telling you. Let's sing this song before we go. We're going to sing the blood. All right? We're going to sing it Acapulco style. You ready? We're going to sing it a couple times, and the first couple times through there, you're going to, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to just worship. I want you to meditate on what I talked about to you today. I hope that you would got something from this. I would admonish you to please go back and watch this again. I'm telling you, the Lord is dealing with me on all of this, and I'm still not done. So, I mean, I thought I was done one week. Now I'm going to be at least three. Strongholds. We've got to get rid of the strongholds in your life. Patterns of thinking that influence every decision you make. That influence every day of your life. Amen? Okay, you ready? The blood that Jesus shed for me Way back on Calvary The blood that gives me strength From day to day, it will never lose its power. Let's sing it again. The blood, close your eyes, that Jesus shed for me. Way 
Calvary, the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power, for it reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. Oh, the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power for it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley it's the blood that gives me strength from day to day it will never lose its power oh hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Lord I just pray right now for everyone in this house Everyone watching, Lord, online, I pray, God, right now, that we would begin to deal with strongholds in our lives, that we would begin to tear down those things that the devil has tried to erect in our lives that have caused us pain and suffering. We thought it was for protection. We thought, Lord, it was for perseverance and preservation. But, Lord, it's a stronghold, and it needs to come down. So I pray for every brother and sister today, right now, let them feel your power. Let your power, God, as a fire, burn through our hearts and lives. Let something that was said here, God, take root in our lives to bear fruit, to be fruitful in the name of Jesus, to bring God change in our lives. Because that's what you want, God. You want change in our lives. And we just pray this in the name of Jesus. We pray, God, that your power would move mightily on behalf of your people. Move around, Lord, this, this community. Lord, in this area, I pray that, God, your spirit will begin to draw people. That, Lord, your spirit will begin to touch people. Your spirit will begin to move in a mighty, mighty way. We just thank you, Lord, and give you all the glory and all the praise in the name of Jesus. And now, Lord, as we leave this place, we're going to leave with the praise. We're going to leave with a shout. We're going to leave with, Lord, your glory resting on us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a praise and a shout. Would you do it? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Brothers and sisters, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Don't miss us. Don't, get, get, don't forget to get you a mug out there if you want a mug. Get you a mug. Don't forget to sign up. The sign-up sheet also is out there on the table as well. Don't forget to sign up for the, the class. Amen.